You are listening to the Noisy Narratives podcast, a podcast produced by the Women of First Ministries at Frisco First Baptist Church in Frisco, Texas. Here at Noisy Narratives, we like to cut through the noise of our stories and get to the heart of what really matters. We hope you are blessed by what we share. Thank you so much for listening. Isn't it amazing? everyone. Welcome to Noisy Narratives. Um, this is Debbie Vallejo, and I'm here with Christy and Amy today. Christy, what word are we using today? What's percolating mm. with you? What's moving in your life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's going on? How are things going? How are things walking forward? Are we walking forward? Or are we walking backwards? Or standing, standing still, still, moving sideways, dodging things coming at us. How are things doing right now? <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, I like the moving sideways. I don't know. Do you feel like you have to do that Lateral sometimes? Move. Yeah. Yeah. Cutting back and forth to get back there in. There you go. Um, that's a good question. It's like double dutch. You just got to wait to get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, how do you think life is going? You're moving a lot, you feel like, but still in the standing still in some ways. Yeah. Oh, life is good. Life is good. I'm trying to ponder that right now. I'm what about slow you, Amy? down and answer the question. Well, yes, Amy. Yeah, Amy so what you about answer you? the question. How are things going? Uh, I, think I'm, I think I'm slowly moving forward and back and forth at the same time. Does that make sense? Oh, I'm, I'm bobbing like and weaving. That's like bobbing and weaving. Frogger, thank you. I'm yeah. bobbing and weaving. Um, and yeah, just keep moving forward. And Why are you moving side to side? Um, What's I'm causing just thinking, you? I'm just thinking, I'm... I'm I'm picturing this in sales, not necessarily in my spiritual yeah. life. Just just moving forward and like figuring out what's working and what's not working. So your job, uh, my job, adapting. and what 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 do I need to spend time on? What do I not need to spend time on? Changing things, some things in my personal life to mm. make myself better. Mm. That sort of thing. That's good. So I haven't actually good. moved very far forward yet, but I'm moving side to side, side to side. Yeah, you're in the process. Yeah. Hey, Debbie, what about you? Yeah. Um. Things are going well, you know, we're, we've kind of adapted to our oldest not being home as much or, you know, cause he's at college, but mm-hmm. we talk to him every week and Has he he's been doing home good. again. He came home once to visit. Yeah. I remember that one. And then he hasn't been home since then. There've been games and honestly, he's really busy. <laughs> he has made a major life for himself there. So he's got lots going on between studying and intramurals and volleyball and basketball and Did he get to go to church. the Alabama game? Oh, yeah. And my husband even got to go. Oh, man. So somebody called him with a ticket. So he and they had two, and I couldn't go because my daughter was getting her wisdom teeth out that Friday. And so so selfish. They, (laughs) right? (laughs) Got to take care of my girl. Um, And so um, my husband went with a couple of buddies. They all drove down and saw their kids Mm. and went to the game and had so much fun. So my husband would take this audio of them in the stadium oh, and just wow. these audio recordings and just send it to me every once in a while. Cause it was so loud. <laughs> mm. So yeah, once in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, so then of course, Sunday I was super obnoxious wearing my, and I'm not even a huge football fan, but I'm oh, I thought fan. about that. How many people have their A&M on yeah. stuff on? But there were a church. lot of us not. I mean, they'd walk in the door. I'm like, Y'all are Aggies. Where's your obnoxious oh, like A&M Collins, shirt? Collins parent. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, I know Apple the kids. Days. I know the yeah. kids. Collins parents are Aggies. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I was. We weren't quite as obnoxious as I wanted us to be, but hey, you know, <laughs> they didn't get the memo. Okay, if it had so. been Christie's team or one of her kids' schools, totally. Yeah, or if, if it had been Tech, you would have been completely obnoxious. Maybe. Oh, no, no. Sometimes I might talk about it. Yeah. I'm, we go back and forth at our house between Tech and TCU. Because your husband's TCU, uh, yeah. uh-huh. my mom was, and we do more because it's lo- it's easier to get it's to. Local. Yeah. I haven't been yeah. back to Tech. In a long time. Well, you didn't have like it's a, a long you didn't, drive. You didn't have five hours to sit in the car and just, mm-hmm. you know, At least to love those drives, though. Really? Oh, I love the drive. But they're hard to do. At, like, A&M, really, like, they went in a day. They got home at, like, 2.30 in the morning, but mm-hmm. they did it in a day. It was, like, three and a half hours. Because it was, yes, exactly. Yeah. Whereas, I feel like adding even a little bit onto that would be where it's over the edge. Almost. Yeah, it is. Like, it's a yeah. lot. So, five it's still hours great. is hard to do in one day if you're going back up there and back, right? Well, if you know you're going back to school, you don't think twice yeah. about it. And then usually you've been there so long, you're excited to come home. So then you're like, oh, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, that's Can you true. take like a little travel trailer, pack up all the kids and stay there in the parking lot or anything like that? Do they do that there? Because well, Christy I do, doesn't tailgate. do trailers, so um, <laughs> oh, that's on. not an Memories. option. <laughs> do we Memories. not camp no. at all? No. You don't camp. Uh, I would no, never, never have guessed that. 
Oh, I'm we a major camper. To, uh, I didn't know. How have we yeah, not you've had talked, this conversation? No, we have because you've how talked we, about backpacking. Backpacking. Yeah, and you had to like go to bathroom number two over yes. the wherever. Yeah, no, 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 in my different. head, I was freaking that's out. Different. That's that is different. different. So you won't even do it. We're talking about glamping. We're yes. talking about no, glamping in a don't camper. Don't even do, no, glamping that's, camping. Oh no, let's get just wow. a good old hotel. Someone's already built it. Let's just go. Let's just go. <laughs> oh, you're my sister. And you get yeah. like a continental mm-hmm. breakfast, mm-hmm. and there's running water, and I don't have to worry about no. But a travel trailer, you can cook and do sandwiches and do. You you keep on trying, girl. You know what? I'm going to plan a girls' trip where we have to go on campers, but I'm not telling you to the last. Okay, well, we will never be traveling ever again, <laughs> so it'll be great. <laughs> no way. No. Mm-mm. Who poured water on you last night? I'll get her involved. Who's oh, that? Jessica. Hope she's Mom. the there bestest ever. Ho- oh, Hostin? I bet, yeah. I bet yeah. she would. Y'all she can would. go together. No. Uh, yes. We'll get you there. Jess, we'll you're get up you with there. Amy. We'll get you there. No. We'll wait a couple of years so you've forgotten about no. this. We'll tell you there's a hotel. We'll even mm-hmm. send you the reservation and then liars. cancel it. Yes. I love your giving me your game plan. That's good. I was That's how I'm going to kind of like giving her a heads up. Uh-huh. I just want to put her on alert. I'll get her somehow. Some We're going to get it somewhere. <laughs> we went it. camping one time as a family and we went with some friends that we said, we've never done this. And they were the sweetest people ever because I set up our entire tent. Did they hear so you complain the whole time? No, because we have to complain because I did every all the hard work for us. But this the whole is not time. a tent. This is a. Travel Hold on, yeah. yeah. so you have to like story. build a fire outside. This is what did it all in. I'm sure. <laughs> no, so I, think why. The I never grew up going camping. I did. I just have never. I love sitting outside. I love sitting outside. It's all that's fun. I just like to get in a comfortable bed. They have those on campers. I don't. Yeah, no, Mm-mm. no. Like my my uncle drives a, a ginormous yes, Winnebago. RV. Yeah, is Winnebago that the same thing? RV. Yeah, yeah, like really, really long one, like a tour bus style. Mm-hmm. I'm still like, no, the kids sleep in it when we go there. And I'm like, I'll be in the house. I, okay. Yeah, a little goofy. They're both staring at me oddly right now. Just for the, I mean, both of them are like, this is the oddest thing in the whole world. I just I would never have guessed that with you. That's funny. No, I will no, stay out and hang out. I not judging. Say, no, I mean, it's most fun. people, most people don't want to do like the backpacking stuff, right? That's, I mm-hmm. get that. That is a lot. I'll That's a lot. All day. And then I'll go stay in a hotel. Exactly. But what I'm saying is like. You won't even do the RV thing, which is funny. No. Most people say, I think, you know, hit an RV with a nice, comfortable mattress or whatever. And But there's a lot of people that won't camp in tents. They don't like mm-hmm. the idea of being outside. I like road tripping, though. Like, I'll get yeah. in the car and go. As long as yeah. there's a hotel on the way. As long as there's a hotel. Yeah, totally. But, and, yeah, the, yeah. and I'm not a fan of, like, the motels. Like, the... the no, yeah. the Motel the ho- 6. Yeah, that we're like the hotels where the doors are on the outside now. <laughs> No, and yeah, I won't. I, I won't not, walk around on the floor of a my, hotel room. Dad, I will always oh have gosh. shoes on. My dad will do those if we're on a road trip. We were. We went to a cousin's wedding. He was like, "Yeah," and it was a motel. I was like, why do we? My have mom to, would do that have too. To open it on the outside. My that mother's feels fine. Nervous to me. She's always like, "Oh, it's yeah. fine, Christy. I don't know what the big deal is." I'm like, "I'm not staying here. Right, this is disgusting." <laughs> you like you take that. What is a comforter thing mm-hmm. off the front? You don't drop oh, the bed. Like you, you don't like, touch, like you touch use it. chopsticks to so like take it off the bed. <laughs> yes. You don't want to touch yes. it. All of it. No, I really don't even like hotels anymore. But whatever. I'm they not a dermaphobe either. They don't wash the comforters. No, they don't. But I know. Yeah. That's Gross. really funny. Yeah. So today, let's We're talk about something else again. again. Yes. Okay. But today well, we're learning we, more about each other. So. That's right. That's that's a true statement. We um, talked about spiritual discipline. That's that's what we were going, we're going to talk about. And so I asked my grandmother too this morning. I was like, "What about your spiritual disciplines, Mama?" My grandmother is eighty-eight years old. She turns eighty-nine at the end of November. Does she, she really? She yeah. doesn't look that old. And she told the ladies that were doing her nails the other day, "I'm not old. I'm not 90. And I was like. Look at you, Mama, getting crazy over there. Well, she did it in her her kind of a raspy sultry uh-huh. southern When she's voice. ninety, she'll say, "I'm not old. I'm not a hundred. Well, she'll say, "I'm not ninety-one. Yeah, or ninety-two. Yeah, <laughs> she knows her time's coming. I think, <laughs> <laughs> and she wants it sooner than later. Yeah. But she was like, "Do not say Christian disciplines, Christy. That sounds very legalistic." Oh, and I was like practices wow so then that's what she came up with mm-hmm. and so and Amy, i googled it i googled practices in christianity it's so christianity. our christian practices so let's say there's what three basic christian practices reading the bible praying and going to church they, they actually have more on here what were the other ones that google had for you <laughs> <laughs> christy makes fun of me because i said i prepared i went to google um prayer fasting reading through the bible christian bible 
Uh, then another one says fasting and simplicity. Oh, fasting. I forgot about So I had to look up what is simplicity because you can look up simplicity and then you can look up simplicity in Christianity. Uh, Christian simplicity encompasses our time, our money, our food, and our stuff. Jesus taught extensively on all these topics and viewed them as deeply interwoven with our relationship with God. Simplicity isn't easy. No, it's not. We so they're calling simplicity world. a Christian practice. Well, it's simplicity in Christianity, but yes, they're calling it a practice. That's interesting. Or it's, it's actually, they're calling it a spiritual discipline. That's legalistic, so we're going to say practice. And they also, they also, they, so they did meditation, prayer, fasting, simplicity, fellowship, journaling, chastity, and stewardship. And also looked up stewardship, Christianity. So they just, they, they went further than I was thinking. Yeah, they went further than most. Most, most was the, what most was the prayer, meditation, reading the Bible, and some of them added fasting into it. So how about for today? Let's focus on prayer, reading the Bible, and going to church. Yep. They didn't put community on there, did they? Church, community? Fellowship. They said fellowship. Fellowship. Oh, they good. did fellowship. Good. Which is community. Yeah. Um, sharing food, pilgrimage, celebrating festivals, or using religious art, music, drama. People can worship anytime, but Christians weekly public worship takes place on sunday the day of jesus resurrection hmm. interesting okay so bible why is it important to read the bible well we've said this before it's a conversation with god us praying is talking to him us reading it is him talking to us mm-hmm. and you can't do a one-way conversation you can mm-hmm. but you don't really get anything out of it <laughs> no just comes back debbie why is it important to read the bible So I think, and I go back to, and I want to quote, make sure I give, um, you know, proper credit to the person who said this. Um, So I go back, like Jen Wilkin just says it so well in her book, Women of the Word, which is just one of my favorites. We give it away here at church. So if anybody's listening and you're here, we have, I have copies always to give out to any woman who wants them. Um, But she talks about how you can't love someone you don't know. And the Bible is what tells us who, about who God is. Mm-hmm. So we know well, that's him. That's good. And so you're not going to love the Lord. You're not going to know the Lord unless you read the Bible. Um, so, and then the other part is just from my, per- and that, so that's a quote from her I love and just the perspective she has. Um, but then from my own personal perspective, it's a lot of just what the capacities of the heart are. So the capacities of heart being kind of your your mind, your will, and your emotions, right, together. So your heart's not going to function well if you haven't developed good core beliefs in your mind. So like real so fast. You can't do that without reading the Bible. But what about people that don't believe that God that God's word is the, the authority, where it's God breathed? Okay, what about them? What are you asking? Well, if they don't believe that, can they? will they ever open the Bible? No, if, well... And I think, and a friend of mine even told me one time we were, we were walking around our neighborhood and she said, well, you know, I'm a, this, and she, I'm not going to say what she said, but she and she goes, so I don't read my Bible. Wait, like as I'm a, I'm a certain, certain religion. religion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. She said, so I'm, I'm, so I don't we read my Bible. We get pretty much guess that religion. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so well, let's not, <laughs> but <laughs> I was like, you know, um, I said, well, that doesn't mean you can't come to Bible study. We'd right. love to have you. I was inviting mm-hmm. her to Bible study at the time. Um, she goes, well, I'll think about it. You know, we're good friends, so it's fine. But, um, so, I mean, I think that's a good thought on that is like, to your point, Christy is, yeah, if you don't think there's a good purpose behind your Bible Mm -hmm. reading, it's going to feel difficult and Mm -hmm. hard because I will say, um, it's, you know, every sentence you read is very rich in the Bible and there's a lot to unpack Mm-hmm. with stuff and so you're going to want a purpose to to kind of there's days it's easy and there's days it's hard to slogging through that and if you don't have a good purpose for it then which is saying this tells me who god is who my savior is then yeah you're probably not going to spend right your time reading well you don't find that. value in it if you you're like the person speaking it. it has yeah. no authority that's right so if i think oh well god has mm-hmm. spoken this he's breathed this for someone else to write it and it's true and it really happened and there's all authority, it's infallible, like it's perfect. Yeah. 
And so, oh, okay, now I'm going to read. I'm going to trust what I'm going to trust what I'm reading. That and I makes do it. think there's people that read it. I've known people that have read it for the sole purpose of disclaiming it. Absolutely. So you are going to have some of that. Like I'm reading it because I don't believe in it. And mm-hmm. I'm reading it with the sole purpose of being able to point out all the things wrong with it to people mm-hmm. who I know who love it. Now, what's interesting about that is you need to be careful because the word of God has power. So there's plenty of people that have read the Bible thinking to disclaim it and they become believers. Oh, that's why I'd be like, read it then. Yeah. You don't believe it? Exactly. Read it. Well, I would encourage exactly. you to. Exactly. Yes, they do it. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. Penn and Teller. I don't remember. I don't know oh which gosh, one. Which. I, I think Penn, Penn is the tallest one, right? Sure. Let's go okay, with that. We'll go with that. Well, he's not a believer, and he's had he's had somebody send him a Bible, and he's like, sure, I'll read it. And I'm like, how do you read it and not believe it? I don't think he does still. But his, and it's funny, his explanation, though, to that, even with friends, he said is, if you think I'm going to die and be tortured for the rest of my life, why aren't you talking to me about this? Like, he said that, like, in an interview. Yeah, he, he said, said if that. you're a believer, mm-hmm. and you're, you think I'm going to, like, die and not go to this amazing place called heaven, I'm going to go to a horrible place called hell, why aren't you, why aren't to you me? like, yes, I, if mm-hmm. I matter to you, you will be talking to me about this. And so there's an element of him from it. But I think, too, he's very confident in his ability to have those conversations. And so um, I just think it, so much of it depends on the people and their purpose behind reading the Bible. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's confident in how he handles information. So he's not threatened by anything. It doesn't seem like the way he talks. Now, right. I could be wrong. I don't know him at all. But. Um, so what does the Bible offer us? If it's the authority, if it's the authority, if God's the authority on it, when we open it, what if someone's going, well, great, that's the Bible. I do believe that it's God's spoken word, Mm -hmm. his true word. But why do you read it? What's the point? What does it offer you? Hope. Expound on that a little bit more. Well, I keep hitting the microphone, so you're going to have, like, smudges and sound. I don't know why I keep doing that. Um, hope as to as to why I'm here and what my purpose is and what I'm doing and where I'm going in the hereafter. Because life is hard. Mm-hmm. It's depressing. can be really depressing. And if you open up the Bible and it's telling you, like, I have you. I have a plan for you. I, You know, to me, it's hope. Even when you read Leviticus, you get up. I'm just kidding. No, I stopped in Leviticus. <laughs> I stopped in Leviticus. We talked about this yesterday uh-huh, in Sunday uh-huh. school. But yeah, a lot of us got hung up in Leviticus. It's a hard one. It is. Just because so, the law. Is no. Law. But once you, I think the more you read the Bible, then you go back and read Leviticus. You're like, oh, this makes sense. I personally enjoy Leviticus. But it's taken me years. You I would enjoy all the, all the... I like reading that. I find it intriguing. I find it so um, Not interesting. Exhausting. No, because I find like God is, um, so again, so much higher and smarter than we are that he knows we need these to the very little detail. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, God, he knows this so well. He knows that we need every little detail mapped out, pointed out. An example would be my son yesterday at church. Okay. Who Uh-oh. goes, I walk in. That I did not know this about. I mean, I know about them, but yesterday just reminded me how much I need to do a better job with the details of communicating with him. Was this yesterday? Yesterday. I thought it was, I thought it was last Sunday. Maybe. It's, it, it, you know, we've slept. So uh, we were trying to leave the house on Sunday morning, and it was just one of those Sunday mornings where I was like, oh, my gosh. I, wanted, I like to leave the house clean. Mm-hmm. So I like to have my bed made, and I like the kitchen clean. Well, yesterday that didn't happen. And I was like, fine, I'm just going to, we're just going to leave it like this. Okay, Whitaker, take the kids and I'll meet y'all there. And Crane's like, can't I just watch online church? And I'm like, no, go to big church. So everybody goes to church. Brindley goes to hers. Whitaker goes to his. Brindley goes to his. And Creighton proceeds to sit in the front row in big church, our big church. Pastor Chuck Adult worship. Yes. And so I roll in probably about 10 minutes after them. And I am like, oh, He's already started. I'm going to sit in the back row. So I sit in the very back row. And I'm like, oh, listening like this is good. And then I see this little redheaded kid with a green sweater, his head bobbing back and forth. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) is in the front row. I mean, I have now lost all focus. Because you're watching Crane. And I'm like, you're going to distract Pastor Chuck? He's going to be like looking down like, hey, kid in the front row, stop moving. Or why are you playing roadblocks in church when I'm trying to talk to you about Elijah? 
Like, that's what is running through my head. So, of course, I wait a minute, and his head goes down. So I text him, and I was like, get off your phone. And he responds back, Mom, I'm on the Bible app. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's better. So he's sitting up, and then he starts to move, and he slowly, like, slumps down in his chair. So his head goes from, like, high to, like, slumping down lower and lower. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's, like, slumping in the front row. You can't see. You, were you afraid he was sleeping or something? Just being a distraction. Mm-hmm. That's just my concern. Don't be a distraction to the I person that is. he only distracted you. I'm sorry, of course. That, your kids only bother us. Like, right? Like, someone else could be like, your kid's fine. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so annoying. So then I text him. I was like, sit up. You're on the front row. And I was like, "With when you sit on the front row, that takes a big responsibility. So own it and sit up. So then you see his body sit back up. And he's fine. And then at one point, he starts moving side to side. And he's looking for me. I mean, his head is like moving all the way to the left. And I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, be still. I'm over your right shoulder. At the end of church, I'll meet you in the back. So then he's like, oh, okay, great. So after church, he comes back. In the meantime, two people, friends, are walking by, and they're like, why is Creighton sitting on the front row? And I was like, I don't know. You tell me. What? Why is he sitting on the row? So he comes back, and he's like, hey. And I'm like, really? Like, why are, why, are you in, why are you in my church? Like, why are you in big church? He said, well, you said go to big church. And I was like, Creighton, I say that all the time. And he was like, but you said go to big church. I go, did you notice Whitaker's not here? Brinley's not here? Gentry's like, everybody else went to their own big church. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, you just said big church. I was like, you're right. Yeah, I should have said your big church, Creighton. Or blue. Or blue. Our I students. never call it yeah. blue, really. I'm always like, yeah. go to your church or go to yeah. your. Right. Yeah. I had said before, because he was like, you've never said big church. I said, yes, I have. And then I was like, out of all the kids, I probably shouldn't argue with him because he's going to get you on a small detail. And I was like, my bad. I should have totally put more detail on it for you to obey or to do and what you're supposed to do but he did get something out of it he was like now i know what to look for if i think i'm depressed <laughs> i was like okay you're right so because we're talking about emotionally healthy faith uh-huh. so. and they talked about elijah he, he did say oh that's what i just said well at least you listen but that reminds me of leviticus like we are goofballs and we need all the details to be put in place so i don't know why we started Some talking more about than that there's yeah, because, yeah, you're right. I'm shaking my head. Some more than others. Well, because some people get the implied part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some people don't. Absolutely. Some people can read between lines. Some people can't. Yeah. And Creighton is great on so many other things. Like, he's yeah. sweet and he's kind and, you know, he does wonderful that things. Funny, and he's though. But that one one thing where I was like, did you look around? And I go, why didn't you text me like, Mom, where are you? Like, he was perfectly happy sitting on the front and why, I mean, and by he, himself. And he, it wasn't like, show me to go to big church. I'm going to sit in the very back. Like, he's like, nope, I'm committed. I'm going to go oh, right up front. Oh, he loves the front row. And told, I told my grandma that story, and she was like, that is such a good sign, Christy, when your kids want to sit in the front row. And I was like, <laughs> I had anxiety the whole time. And he was like, no, that means that he's he's a believer, and he wants to listen, and he's not afraid. And I was like, like I was afraid he was going to pick his nose. Uh, I was something. afraid he was going to do something. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because he's, that's what, Whatever. Anyway, back to the Bible and what the Bible teaches us <laughs> and why if your kid was in the front row, be happy for him, I guess. Don't oh have anxiety gosh. over it. But he was having fellowship in the church. I guess so. I guess so. So what else does the Bible do? It enables us to live godly lives. Does it? It teaches us about him. I think so. Do you not we think so? We have reflection on our own lives when we read the Bible. Yes. Yeah. I think... Um, it's just so, in, it's just the older I get, the more it is brought home to me how important it is to read the Bible with the right perspective, with the right understanding of what each book is for and the meaning of it. Because I think to the legalistic part of it or to the way to um, the law is wrong part of it, graceful, like that balance I feel like is required over time because you stop necessarily caring like i'm supposed to do this because and you start reading more biblically in context and go this is what god requires of me Mm -hmm. because then you go my faith does require something extra of me it should not it's not something that lets me sit um and be lazy about my walk with the lord if i'm doing it well but then also about caring for others and for people 
But if it's all about the law, if it's all about the rules, I'm going to just keep being angry if people aren't following the rules. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to expect the world and my church to do what I think. We put ourselves in the Is the right thing. Exactly. But according to biblical text, but that means I'm not reading the text right sometimes. Um, So I think it is super important to make sure we understand the purpose behind every book that we're reading in the Bible. Because then I think... Um, because the words have power, um, it can do damage if we're not being, if we're not taking care, you know, so I would say that's together. Expand on your thoughts on what you talked about, the law part. Okay. Like people Mm -hmm. saying, equating it with legalism in the New Testament, right? Because Jesus came to abolish the law. Right. But man loves to live by the law and to fulfill it. Yeah. But man loves the law. Yeah. In some ways. I think it's just interesting certain, because certain men, certain, certain people, man, certain people. I think it's interesting if you even look at the book, at the letters Paul wrote. He wrote them to churches for different purposes and reasons. Yes. Some churches are going. Societal exactly, thing, culture, culture things. things. So some churches are like living out their life in a way that acts as if the law was never even there. Mm-hmm. That only grace abounds. We can do what we want because we're mm-hmm. forgiven and we're all going to heaven because we just believe Jesus was Savior. And Paul's like, okay, no, mm-hmm. we don't live those kind of lives just so grace can abound. We have to understand the law still serves a purpose and mm-hmm. a reason. Jesus came to fulfill it, not to act like it never existed in the first place. And so, but he came to free us from having to live by it all the time because you've realized you can't live by the law, mm-hmm. right? And so then he writes another You know, he'll write to another church being like, okay, you guys are acting like circumcision is the only way that you can get saved. You're living by the law so much that people over here are going, well, what good is this then? What good is a savior? Like this is hurting people Mm and their walk with the Lord. And so when we're reading a different context, sometimes we take those scriptures and we apply it to every aspect of our life when it may not be applicable right then we may be looking at and proverbs is another one right that we take (laughs) what's what's one of your top scriptures that you're like that does not apply to today or to that situation okay like is there one that you can think of that you're like spare in my area just any just anywhere that comes to mind spare the rod spoil the child okay people misuse that how all the time um because they think i'm not supposed to let any little thing go Oh, yeah. If I spare this moment of discipline and let this go, my kid is going to end up in jail. Yeah. Or if I give too much grace in this moment. So acting, understanding that the gospel is actually demonstrated in times where it's hard, not when it's easy. Like if it was always, we're supposed to disciple our kids, which means bring them up. Constantly. Well, every day. all the time. And so we miss the training part of what that means. And we go straight to the, we can't spare the rod part. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I will say that that's when I feel like is misused often. I will say I do not permit a woman to speak in church <laughs> is misused often <laughs> um, in certain Christy places. Christy never heard that one. <laughs> um, My grandmother just told you know? me a story how she had two men come to her house and say, you are not allowed to speak in your small group or Sunday school anymore. And it wasn't all, it was a mixed Sunday school. Because you're, you are, um, teaching bad habits. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. You're other women are watching you and they're going to think they can speak to when, so was that, how long ago was that years wise? Do you think probably the eighties probably? Yeah. I wish I knew what if she's in her, she's almost 90. So yeah. 50 when she was 50 ish. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what my grandparents were like. Okay. Well. That's going to be a problem. Yeah. And she didn't stop, but she just kept, and she, even the day she was like, I can't believe those two men had the guts to come say that to me. Well, That's where she is. She was not like yeah. offended or hurt because she was like, no, I'm no. very, and she's very knowledgeable in all of her Bible knowledge, especially yeah. when Paul talks about all the different women, when they can and when they can't and what that looks well, like. Well, and I think what's interesting is women through if you again the context matters so much so like if you look even the beginning of the church of philippi with lydia the reason paul goes to lydia is because the men aren't meeting i mean he goes to find the men they're no i mean like you can't find them they're not getting together the women are meeting so he goes to lydia and goes help me make this church you know Mm -hmm. help me talk to people how do we gather them and she becomes an integral part Mm -hmm. and leads her household well of Mm -hmm. how that church develops right um so 
it's and then another church where he says that whole context of hey i do not permit a woman to speak i mean women were interrupting services right i mean that was the whole point of kind of part of the letter because their services were disruptive mm-hmm. and things were not with purpose allowing people to worship the lord and so in that context you're saying hey these women these wives need to talk to their men when they get home, right? Because you're yelling over in services, you're asking questions because there's things you don't understand. I mean, so many different aspects of culturally of what that looks like and meant at the time. Whereas in now that in city. that city, in that setting, that in moment. that building yes. for that moment. Um, and so now we go, okay, so if we as women are, uh, women are over talking, over speaking, which sometimes we do, if we are over taking over a group in a small group setting or in a worship or whatever, someone does need to say, Hey, but this isn't right. But I mean, there's kind taking to over too. Well, that's true. Cause you're, you're right. going to have, you're going to have word. someone that's going to go, she spoke twice. She's trying to take over. Yes. Well, but we do have over sharers and over talkers too. That's totally. true. That's, that's a great point. Yeah. And that's what I was more thinking. Over yeah. sharers, over talkers. That's a better way to say it. And I think when, you do have that context of leadership in groups. And as women, I think we do need to understand that men lead men well. We do not. But that means men need to step up and lead men. Yes. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so if you have men that are not, you know, um, responding well in their marriages or like if you're having the submission conversation with women, but you're not having the, what does that mean for the responsibility of men? There's an imbalance that that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of the contextual part of scripture. I think that is just super important as we're reading. So mm-hmm. I don't know how we got on that topic. Those are just examples. I yeah. guess you asked yeah. me for examples. Yeah. What are ones that come so, to mind? Yeah. I just was mm-hmm. going to, so first Timothy, Two verse nine. So someone's like, wait, what? I've never heard that. Just so you have a point of context. A woman must learn in quietness and full submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. She is to remain quiet. Mm -hmm. And then they go on to talk about Adam and Eve. Which Which I don't, I'm not sure what woman wants to teach and exercise authority over a man. I mean, maybe there's women that do. Mm -hmm. I just don't. They don't don't see it as men and women. They just view it as I want to. This is what I this is what the Lord wants me to teach. I'm going to teach it. If there's a man in the room, I should stop. He's doing a Bible study that anybody can listen to online. You can purchase whatever. She's not your like, I'm hoping you're not giving her authority as your leader. If you're listening to her, like I don't give her that authority. And I'm a woman. If you're a man, I think you can listen to her and learn in some ways. Absolutely. Without going, she's my spiritual formation leader and teacher. Yeah. And so, but we can learn as brothers and sisters in Christ because that's part of being to get the easier helper, right? That mm-hmm. God talks about in Genesis. And so that to me is a very important distinction that sometimes I think we miss in our Bible reading and then in our contextualization when we apply it to church. But mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I, that was a good, that was a good verse, a good passage. And it doesn't mean that women have to be quiet and in full submissive over everything. That's right. Mm-mm. So this doesn't mean this trans or under every man. Or trans, oh, yeah. or every, or we don't have to, I don't have to be submissive to every man no. in my church. No. My, uh, my grandparents. Just to who? Your husband. Yeah. My grandparents started a, they and two other couples started a Baptist church in, in their living room and they ended up buying the land next door and the church is very big now my grandmother it's kind of like your grandmother she would give her opinion or give her feedback she taught a bible study but she she would have never been able to be on the church board Mm -hmm. in fact she was never allowed my grandfather was but she wasn't um she was the church money person what do you call that the secretary i'm sorry not secretary finance person whatever Mm -hmm. but you know, she basically gave them the information and then they went over, they went and talked about it and whatever, mm-hmm. but she was never allowed in that meeting and she mm-hmm. never said anything about it. Like mm-hmm. she accepted that the, the men mm-hmm. were heading the church. Now she gave her opinion. Mm-hmm. She so that was do. like an elder. They had like an elder board probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Which elder boards are very biblical and there's mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. in scripture to me that, sh- that says 
that women were involved in elder wards. Mm -mm. But there are for deacons. There seems to, there's deaconesses and everything because those are servants of the church. Elders are leaders, spiritual formation pastors, right. for lack of a better word, of the church. And so, and they're responsible for the spiritual formation and care of every single person in the body of Christ. And I think that's what's different too, is you have these big churches now where you cannot, these pastors can't be responsible easily for every single person in their body. Whereas you look at the Acts church, the biblical churches, and they're, I mean, right down to the widows and the mm -hmm. orphans, they're to be responsible for the people in their body. Um, wow. I had an interesting comment, and I'm still processing this, but um, she said she equates widows, and she has biblical background for it, and I'm kind of like, mm -hmm. oh. Who is this? A friend. Does somebody mm -hmm. you know? Oh. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, to equal to men as deacons, like they're right there equal with. Why? Um, when she says equal, she's thinking, well, she's, so I say that because I'm also working through like, where do I stand with women in the church? Like how okay. far, where does the Bible allow women to go? Deacons, okay. elders, yes, no. Can they be the pastors of a church? Can they, mm. you know what I mean? Like just me where personally. Where can women serve and be yeah, and leadership? Biblically, and, as I yes. believe, because it's yes. all over the board. Yes. Right? Like when you talk to people. Yeah. And yeah. it's not, it's, um. I don't want to make it a right or wrong issue. It's just a yeah. personal belief. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean I'm going to leave a church because that church doesn't align with what I believe where women should be. Okay. Does that make sense? So you're sense? saying it's not a closed to you. It's not a closed fist issue to oh, where you're going. Gosh. If they, if we don't agree on this, I'm leaving. Uh -huh. We have to. Okay. Yeah. Cause some people it is. It's but a you're saying deal. for you, it's not. But I feel like you should, because it's not an issue. It's not, it's, we make it a bigger issue than it should. Okay. As women, that part of the curse, right, is mm -hmm. that we want to take, um, what's the correct wording? So I don't have it in front of me, but to be ahead over our husbands. Mm -hmm. So that is going to be, we probably do struggle with that, mm -hmm. with that a bit more than we should, thanks to the curse. But um, there's the idea of what is it going to look like in heaven? Are men and women serving together? Are nations going to be aside, beside other nations? And so you think, what was it pre-sin? Right. Precurse. What did the what did Adam and Eve look like? Yeah, they that's served what I go, together. together totally, Absolutely. and they all equal once we get to heaven. That's yeah, what I think. so then there's an element. So I I kind of digress there, but I do think about that a lot. Where can? But she talked about widows, and I thought that's really interesting how she put them in that category. The church is just yes. still still supposed to care for them, but the yeah. widows I know are oh. amazing, and they're strong ladies. They are strong, strong women. Strong. I'm thinking more and they like, want to serve, and they're yes. not distracted yes. by going out and doing I things. I think it just demonstrated how Stephen, that's the de he's the one really involved in helping, um, you know, in the church, if you think about um, the Acts Church and everything when they talked about it. But I'm just going, really what it demonstrates is God saying, there's a need, fill it. Yes. At that point in time, there was a need for widows, orphans, people less fortunate. Like you, these women did not get taken care of back then. They didn't have life oh. insurance. They didn't have, mm -mm. like, unless someone, a man, mm -hmm. was caring for them. And basically, God is saying, these people are part of your body. You should be caring for mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. um, that's part of what the church does that is different than the world. And I'm like, if you apply that contextually now, that means that sometimes it's widows, sometimes it's orphans. That means sometimes it's elderly. That means sometimes it's, Counseling. That means sometimes it's like the but needs widows could be are, divorced women also. Well, and widows can sometimes it's a divorced woman who needs help. Absolutely. Um, so I do think there's you have if you're looking at it contextually, you're just going there's a need. Mm -hmm. Fill it. Mm -hmm. That's what the need is. If you look at it and say, oh, we're only supposed to take care of widows and orphans because that's all that was mentioned, I think you're missing the purpose mm -hmm. of that whole conversation of yeah. that discussion. So. Um, well, wait, let's get back to our spiritual Christian practices. Prayer. Mm -hmm. So we uh, talked about the Bible a bit. Prayer. Mm -hmm. Prayer. Flare prayers all the time. Actual prayers, sitting down, making time, quiet time prayers. Um, I remember learning how to pray. The acts. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. I haven't heard that, that in a while. And I haven't, I, well, I was thinking about today, too. I was like, that's so funny. I learned that yeah. in junior high and high school. Yeah. And then you learn it, and you realize you do pray it, but you don't realize you're praying it because you've right. learned it. And you're like, oh, that's right. It's you a part of this, who you this are. This is the order. This, yeah. is, this is what you do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what adoration, I mean, you could pray attributes of God, God's actions, who he is, um, 
things like that. Confession, obviously. We know what confession is. Thanksgiving, um, you know, for the world, for your life, what you're doing. And then the supplication, kind of what you're, probably the reason why you might have started the prayer, <laughs> the plea, the petition. The um, request. Prayer request, yeah. So the acts prayer, I thought that was a good reminder. That is For good. people who are like, I don't know how to pray. It's so easy. Like there's just a simple acronym for that. So prayer. How important is prayer? What does your prayer life look like, right? Well, in James 1, 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God for who gives generously to all who without reproach, and it will be given him. Mm. So I think the one thing with prayer, too, is it's a continual conversation. It's us talking to God, right? Um, and he wants to hear from us. Um, but I do also think it's not the vending machine approach. I remember as a kid um, going to the Lord in prayer often when when um, I was struggling with things or making promises. God, if you right. do this, I will do this. Like, God, I promise mm-hmm. I won't do this again if I can have the, like, mm-hmm. bar- the bargaining part. And I think that's everybody's different with how they mature, right? But don't <laughs> you do that with your parents too, though? Pardon? Did you ever do that with your parents? Yeah, oh, totally. Like, so, I mean, just it's just a child's prayer. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. And so that grows in maturity, right? Yeah. As you get older. And so then that's when the acts comes. But I think even, I can't even tell you how I made that transition. I think it was in college. When well, you it probably prayed something and you went, oh, I, I asked for that. God gave it to me and that's not what I should have. Uh, that's, that was a bad prayer. Or you start going, I'm really only coming to God for one thing, like for stuff I want. Yeah. <laughs> You're like that. Yeah. That is not something I should be doing anymore. Mm-mm. My Mm-mm. maturity should be a little different than this. Why am I doing that? That's the question. You know, why am I doing that? Why am I praying like this? Why am I? Um, That's a good question, like though. That. How many people ask, why am I praying the way I pray? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why Why do I always seem to pray this way? Like, why not? Remember one, one person told me, hey, write out your prayers before you pray them. Or read prayers from other people that have come before you. And I was like, oh, that's so good. But or it feels so fake. write them in fake. a journal. Just write them as you're doing them in a yeah. journal. That Mine are much deeper if I do them in a journal. Yeah. But if you don't know where to start, the Lord's Prayer, I'm telling you, if you just say that over and over, our God, you know, who art in heaven, if you just sit and read that through, I mean, and just do it day after day for a bit, I think even your prayer life, it'll come to you how to add to that, how yeah. to respond to that, how to move from so then let me ask y'all a question too this is random praying before meals Mm -hmm. do you have to do it well i have a funny story (laughs) okay do it tell us so my niece and nephew are six and a half and eight and a half and they come and spend the night at aunt amy's all the time and uh i guess the their parents had picked up food on their way to my house and bren who's just honest as the day is long goes yeah, and Amy never never prays before meals at her house. <laughs> <laughs> well, when they're there, she's right. I don't. I'm, it's a horrible thing. But when they're there, I'm just so, I'm like, eat this. Here, get this. Because mm-hmm. we're going to go watch a movie or we're going to go do something. And so I'm just like, let's get this Is going. Is it a horrible thing, though? Like, I why do you it, think it's a horrible thing if you don't pray before a meal? Is that your guilt? You maybe feel guilty? It's, maybe it's my guilt, but I was raised to pray before every meal. Weren't we all raised to pray before every meal? We don't pray before every meal, but I don't have guilt about it either because I'm kind of like you sometimes. Like, let's just eat. Let's go. I don't feel like he's not going to – the food's not blessed any more or less if we say it before. Mm-hmm. Are we thankful for it? Yes. Is it a good time to pause before you eat bread? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I saw a meme one day that says the weirdest prayer ever it was at a Baptist fellowship hall where there was nothing but, like, cakes and, like, mystery – casseroles and <laughs> sorry every different fattening dish and then the bless the spirit to our food to the nourishment of our body yeah. it's like is it really yeah why do you ask that okay so um you got a hot opinion it looks like <laughs> or thought it's more i remember we were um we were doing prayer as like a focus here one time um a few years ago at church, it was like a theme that we were going through, both in the pulpit, in our in our ministry areas, like first kids, students, all that. We were focusing on prayer, and we were asking people to kind of consider and write down, like when they pray, like how many times a day, how many times a week, you know, that kind of stuff. And we were having a conversation in staff, and they were like, "Okay, so 
you know, how do we ask people to consider this? And, um, and I said, well, I said, can we push the idea that praying before meals doesn't count in your count? Oh, that's a valid request. <laughs> and they looked at me like, to me, that's not what? Right. And I was like, because can we just push that on and ask, don't count praying before meals count like when you pray through the week and through your day. Otherwise they're like, oh no, we can't do that because some people. It's because that's more of a routine that's all, prayer. That's the maybe, only time they pray. Which is why we shouldn't count it. <laughs> so, so that they realize yeah. you got nothing. Which, I mean, I'm, I'm not narking on anybody. I was just a conversation. Yeah. But it just occurred to me. And I, I don't even know why it came up as we were talking. But part of it was just in conversations with kiddos and even my own family. I'm telling you, I'm not coming from this at all from a perspective as someone who has it perfect. Um, mm-hmm. And how we raise our kids and talk to our kids about prayer. Um, but I think... We focus so much on the praying before the meal, um, and we feel so weird when we don't. Like we're you mean we as in like tradition, tradition, and just church people in general, going Mm -hmm. people in general, Southern Baptist probably in some ways. And again, I'm not on this microphone right now saying it's bad to pray before a meal. I'm not, but I don't think um, that is where our focus of prayer should be. And in the end. I think it is like that a lot of times. That is the time when we pray and we don't pray outside of that. Um, and we should be praying before we study, We before we come to church, maybe. Lord, get our hearts ready, please, to hear from you, to love you, to be joyful while we're here, to want to be here, Lord. How do I make my heart ready to listen to everything you have to tell me? How can I be? If there's things that, Lord, you need to be showing me and teaching me, please open my eyes to that. What does that look like? How do am I good for my church? How is it good for my church that I am here? When am I giving to my church? Like praying in a way that goes, I know my faith requires something of me. I want to give it. I am here ready to do what I need to do. Um, whereas when we pray before a meal, it's often, hey, bless this food to my body. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what? Like, make this good for me. Like, I mean, I think there's, and, and a lot of times it's the end of the day or it's very formulaic for children. Um, you know, I, I, that's my, that's just my two cents on that, um, you know, of how that. It's interesting. It's a good thought to think about. Think about any time you pray, is it formulaic or tradition? So mm-hmm. are you saying it and you don't even know what you're saying? Are you doing it just because this is what we do? And Which I, if, I am on a, a hot button right now for that. For like, what? Are you doing it because of tradition? Oh, yeah. Well, that's not any. We're not, we don't make decisions because mm-hmm. of tradition. Mm-hmm. No. That is that is a poor way to make and to lead whatever you're it doing. Is. I would agree. Tradition? Where's the tradition founded? Did you do research on that? Are you on board with where the tradition started from? Oh, yeah. No. Well, then why are you leading from tradition? Unless you can back it up with like, oh, I do like this tradition because it has this, this, this. But mm. Well, and, so, and we have to be so careful that we don't become like, and again, it's the contextualization of the Bible. We don't become like Pharisees and Sadducees. Right. We forget that is and that's where, tradition, legalism, that's tradition. the law. So that's like just not that's actually being plugged in. It's just I'm just going to say this really quick, and we're and I, I can check it off, and I'm done. Mm-hmm. But my heart's not really in it. The thing we're doing in and of itself becomes the purpose for the reason we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Versus worshiping the Lord, loving the Lord, loving each other, serving His church, understanding why we're here, what we're doing, and so then it becomes it makes. When you're not considering the biblical context like that, then change itself becomes hard. You don't want to change tradition. Your comfort becomes in the tradition itself and the lack of change versus in your Lord and Savior, who even with the change will be there. He never leaves. And so understanding how to communicate that to children means, hey, if you're in school and you're sitting around the table and you want to pray, but you don't want to bow your head and close your eyes, that's okay. Just pray. God will hear you. All the time. All the people in the workplace the same way. Yes. I do it going down the highway, especially if I see an ambulance or a fire truck going somewhere. Oh, we do that. I stop, say a prayer really fast, Mm -hmm. or I'm driving to work and I just start having to turn my radio off, just start having a conversation with God. And do it with your, um, with the kids in the car with you next time and to see if they go, uh, hey, Amy, your eyes are open. Why are you praying? And you're like, you can still pray with your eyes open. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can pray anywhere. I did that. Yes, I should do that some other time. But Just I did that with an ambulance and a fire truck. And Bren's like, "We gotta pray." Yeah, it's like, okay, one of you buy, one of you do it. Yeah, and they're like, we don't want to. I'm like, yeah. okay, I'll do it. 
<laughs> with my eyes open, it'll be fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Okay, so what about meeting together? Fellowship, community, life groups, church? So we talked about, you asked this question yesterday. How do you like to read the Bible or study the Bible? And I said in a group setting. I thought of this one. I thought yeah. of you. Mm-hmm. So I like a group setting because I can read the Bible and I can read a passage. Maybe I have to read it more than once because I'm like, I still don't get it. Mm-hmm. And then I can get in a group setting like um, our women's Bible study. I love that one summer that we were outside in the courtyard and somebody would come back with something. I was like, wow, you got that from that? How dumb am I? But, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, wow. And then you get to open your mind to everybody else's perspectives. And there was one on Bathsheba that I was dead set that this was how I felt about her. And then by the you know an hour and a half later, I was like, oh, I saw a different side of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it is good to collaborate. Yes. To think through. Because everybody's coming from different backgrounds and perspectives. Yeah. I love that too. I love it when I love it when you get a group of women together and they start talking but, I mean, have about you go, biblical topics. Have you gone either one of you gone into a Bible study going, This is how I think about this and this oh, is totally. this is I, I know exactly what yes. this is. Five years of my life have been like that. Yes. And <laughs> you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well and it, I I, I, I do think it's important to have when you go into studying the the um the Bible to have your mind open. What is God saying versus what I, the blanks I'm filling in. You said that to me once. I have to go with, I have to read it from where, what was happening then, not what was happening exactly. now. And we, yeah. it's impossible for us to do that to some extent. Right. But if we, again, open our prayer life up to the Lord and say, mm-hmm. Lord, show me, please, the things I need to know. Open my eyes to the things that I am blocking because of my own preconceived understanding of what, what who do you, you are to see and what here. you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Please open my eyes to the things that you need me to learn and to know about you. Um, and I think Bible study too is unique that if you come in there with everybody, different perspectives and you're listening and you pray like that, then you're open to the fact people may be looking at this differently versus going into a study where everybody's kind of closed on how they think about things. Mm-hmm. Then that's when you see a lot of tension in the room. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of this back and forth tension because you think people, everybody feels like they have to correct the ones who are misunderstanding the scripture according to them. They feel like it's their job. Mm-hmm. Oh, to, I've been in those classes. Yes, and I'm like, and no, hard. I legit know what they're saying. Yeah. And I don't agree with you. Yeah. And that's okay. It is okay. But some people don't like that. There's not harmony on us yeah. believing what this text says. And it's, the whole idea that the Holy Spirit mm. does work in the hearts of people, and it isn't our job to make sure everybody agrees with us. Yeah. It is our job to represent the gospel well. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit will work in the heart and the mind of the people in our churches and in, in that who are believers. God says that. So we either believe it or we don't. Or somebody that's much that's, more knowledgeable about the Bible than I am, I can say, well, what does that mean? Absolutely. You, know, you can learn from people for sure. A lot sure. of people don't like to for say, sure. I don't know what that means because yeah. they don't. And I had, and I didn't for the longest time. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to learn anything unless I ask a question. Because Which is so good. That's a great point. That's my favorite text to get right now is, hey, I just read this. Mm-hmm. I don't like what it says. Help me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yes. The, yes. Okay, the best Bible study that we had, you asked me. How do you feel about it? That's I'm Debbie. Conflicted. She's Sorry, Debbie. <laughs> I said, I'm conflicted. She goes, conflicted's good. Yeah. Because then you've got like a passion about it or, a, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So it says in Hebrews 10, 24, and let us consider how to spur one another on to love and good deeds. Let us not neglect meeting together as some have made a habit, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So if people are like, it's not, it's, I don't know, where in the Bible does it say we have to meet? Mm-hmm. Hebrews 10. Yeah. It's encouraged yeah, totally. so that we can um, encourage one another. And that's what it is. You walk in and then you encourage someone and someone encourages you in some way. We're not it, saying you have to meet with a room full of people. Yeah. You can you can meet with a friend and that's talk right. about the Bible or, or mm-hmm. two or three or mm-hmm. whatever. And there's a purpose for corporal worship. worship. That's a hard, those are two hard words. <laughs> words to put together. There's a purpose for small groups there's a purpose for um, your family in your own home there's a purpose for friendship and for depth and it's funny i was looking this up on the prayer part too speaking of meeting together and even praying in large group this is um i wanted to look to um just make sure i was correct as i was reciting this because this is matthew 6 and starts with 5 
and talks about it's before he explains what the Lord's prayer is. Um, he's saying, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners mm-hmm. that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap empty phrases as the Gentiles do. Mm-hmm. Bless this food to our bodies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, and goes in the Lord's prayer, our Father, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and goes on, right? Well, I think, I'm, I'm not. we're not saying corporate prayer, prayer is bad. We're not saying mm-hmm. it's bad to meet together just because right here in the context, like, Christy was saying before, what verses do you see sometimes misused? You could take this if you read it by itself and say, well, God doesn't ever want me to pray in public, mm-hmm. right? He wants me to pray by myself. Close the door. Mm-hmm. Wait, real fast. Is it verse one? What does your six, six verse one say? Um, it says, did you read that? Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. That's what he doesn't want you to do. For then you will have no reward for your father who's in heaven. Yes. So again, it's the, and that's good because yeah. it's connecting the context yes. of why he's saying this. Yes. yes. The context yes. is that if you're praying in public with grandiose kind of words and your purpose is because you want people to look at you and value you as the mm-hmm. purveyor of spirituality, then your glory's on yourself. He's saying, if you know yourself to be that person, Go sit in a room somewhere. And Go pray give by your yourself. money in silence or That's anonymous. Right. Go leave something yes, on the front exactly. door. Don't rent the billboard that says, "Look what Don't I call did." Ten people and say, "Guess what I did today." Yes. But there are plenty of people that yeah. pray well with humility and kindness and compassion and pray in public all the time. Their purpose is to serve the Lord. It is not Amen. to put the focus on themselves. Mm-hmm. So again, you have to get the context of like what you're reading for everything to get the reason. But anyway, go ahead, Amy. My grandmother, that's bothered her the most, Southern Baptist Church, and they put kneeling posts at the front of the church one year. And my grandmother was not one that liked a lot of attention. And she, it, she despised when everybody else was, you know, every Sunday was the first one up there to kneel. And, and, I, I just, I, she would just bristle. I would just watch her physically bristle and she would see people do that. She was like, who are you doing that for? You mm-hmm. can say the same prayer back here on the mm-hmm. pew. Mm-hmm. So some people need that. I get that. But yeah, she also got on to me at my grandfather's funeral when my cousin and I did a bunch of pictures of my grandfather and wrote a bunch of stuff on the, on the video thing. And she's like, who are we worshiping today? Oh, Goodness. I was like, she could have honoring grandpa. She could have smacked me across the face. I was like, she was like, I get you're honoring your grandfather, but we need to worship God. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I I read a really cool. Super important. Go ahead. No, I'm done. I was was say I read read a really cool quote when I was looking for stuff like this. And it said, the praising, the praying, thankful, faithful person has on him marks of being a child of God. Mm Mm-hmm. So many times we always go to the fruit of the spirit. Well, I don't see him do this, this, this. Mm-hmm. Right? And you kind of run. Mm. But I like the way J.I. Packer puts it. The praising, praying, thankful, faithful person has on him marks of being a child of God. They're praising others. They're not glorifying themselves. They're praying. They're thankful for what they've been given. And they're faithful. Mm-hmm. Good stewards. They're faithful for the church. And if you're faithful to something, you're showing up. You're doing. Mm-hmm. You say you're going to do it. You show up for it. I like that. It has the marks of being a child of God. It's a good way yeah. to put it. And the serving, I think just ser- like you said, just serving others. And, I've, and, you know, to close it up, I think, because we're about rounding up, but because you said the three things we were talking about was reading your Bible, prayer, and meeting together, mm-hmm. right? So I feel like if those things feed each other so well, that if you're doing those things well and you're with unity and purpose in mind and understanding what the body of Christ means, like, you know, you're reading... Um, you're spending time in the Bible in such a way that you're learning who God is and you're loving him more and more, then that growth is going to happen over time, but it doesn't happen overnight. And so kind of our ability to be patient with the process mm-hmm. is so much a part of how we demonstrate that faithfulness well. Yeah, because if we're impatient, mm-hmm. you know, we're not um, patient with others. Mm-mm. Well, and it creates a hunger. Yes. You read it one time. Yeah, mm, that was good. 
But the Holy Spirit's like, thank you for opening the door. I've been knocking. You're, you know, <laughs> yeah. I've been knocking. You're opening the door. Let's read this. But it creates that hunger to where you realize, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know, this mm-hmm. is so good that you want it and you crave it mm-hmm. daily. And then you start craving, oh, I want to listen to a good sermon or I'm going to listen to praise music. And it just flows over in other parts of your life. And then you're, I think you're kinder and compassionate to people mm-hmm. in your church or anywhere, but even in your church, who maybe aren't responding the way you like, or you're less judgmental. You're less judgmental. For sure. There you go. Because you're realizing this is my savior. These people serve a purpose, but they're not perfect. Just like I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. And the body of Christ meets a different purpose than my savior does, than Mm -hmm. my biblical text does. um, And then my prayer life does. And so the purpose of the body baby is not always for it to serve me, but for me to serve the body, the church. Well, serve God, which you're serving the body, whatever mm-hmm. your church looks like. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And you have to serve people. And yeah. I think if you're not serving and loving and caring for people, I, I would question whether or not you really understand what it means to be a believer. You could just be an introvert. <laughs> no, I know a lot of introverts that serve amazingly well. That's not it. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm just giving them some humor, but I hear you. I hear you. I'm just you. disagreeing with that. Yeah. No. You introverts out there, we need you. We, we need do you. need them because they serve, but they serve in a different way. That's they do. Not, yeah. with busy hands to help they do. put stuff together. Or the phone calls or the rides back and forth that we don't see. And so you yeah. could be going, well, they're not here signing up doing VBS or cert. But they, they just don't so want to be much. on the front line. They don't have a, no desire to be on the front line. They don't want to nope. stand well, at the snow cone Well, and I think sometimes they just get more, around a lot of people, they just get more tired. I've had a lot of introverts on my staff that have worked for me and they're amazing. But they're just more exhausted when we do a lot of things with people, then an extrovert well, it's because would be. you have to be on. You're yeah. almost entertaining totally. and, you know. Absolutely. Well, and the older introverts are like, I, I'm perfectly fine going and doing my own thing for my people and yeah. wherever it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, good for you. Yeah. And they don't feel like they have to tell anybody. Well, they're still and serving. They're just, exactly. Yes. They're ser- like, thank they're you serving. for serving. Absolutely. But they're serving. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just because you're an introvert doesn't mean you need it's, to sit at home by yourself all the time. It's human <laughs> nature to want to have credit for something, but yeah. it's being able to go... No, did I really do that for me, or did mm-hmm. I do that for? And I catch myself all the time. I'm like, I did this. Just be quiet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anyway, okay, everybody, we are going to wrap this up. Love y'all. Until next time on Noisy Narratives. This is us on our way. So, bye, everybody. Bye. Watch what happens now.